right, all right, all right. My name is Joe Turner. I am the host of City Manager Unfiltered, a podcast for city managers and other public sector executives. And boy, do we have a barn burner for you today. This is going to be the uh, second attempt at this interview with uh, Jan Bagnall. He's the former city manager for Fort Meade, Florida. We tried to do this interview uh, once before and we got in the middle of it and there was just so much stuff to go through. It was so became so convoluted that I had to take a break and get my bearings. There's just so many different tentacles to the story. So we're going to try to take another crack at this. And it's pretty much an appropriate time to do so because Fort Meade is actually in the process of uh, recruiting their, a new city manager to replace Jan. And so, Jan, welcome to the show. Why don't you uh, give a brief little introduction to the uh, to the audience? Hey, Joe. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, yes, you're right. We tried this before. Uh, and I know I was probably going down every rabbit hole possible because, you know, something, you know, I'd bring something up and it strike another memory. But I was a city manager of Fort Meade, Florida for two and a half years. Prior to that, I was the electric director for the utility for just about one year and three months. I can state at I don't anticipate that I will be doing municipal work the rest of my life. And I can, you know, state maybe that's a good way to start this process. I know it's a, an interesting time, but I've never experienced something like this in my entire life. Well, it was, it was a pretty chaotic and traumatic uh, episode for you in the last couple of years. And like I said, I was my jaw was on the floor when you were going through some of the things that you had went through. And we'll unpack that in a little bit. But before we do that... Why don't we just start with talking a little bit more about how you even got to Fort Meade? Because you started with Fort Meade as their utilities director after spending your entire career working in the utilities industry. Why don't you elaborate on what the rationale and the reasoning for going to Fort Meade and how that all came to be? Absolutely, Joe. I appreciate it. Yes, actually, I was uh, named the first electric director for the city of Fort Meade, Florida, after what they had previously done is basically had it for the uh, director of public works. They had a peer review given to them by other municipals in the state stating that uh, they really needed to do some upgrades and fix the utility. Honestly, there were poles falling down of their own accord. I mean, no cars would hit them. They would just fall down. Okay. Um, the rates were exorbitant. At one point in time, they were the highest in the state. And maybe I was uh, a little uh, ignorant. Uh, and I said, okay, hey, sure, you know what? I'm tired of traveling. My last job was 45 weeks a year on the road. And that's way too much for somebody who's looking to sort of ease into it and, and sort of not take it easy, but not travel 45 weeks of the year. So this came up, I applied, and I was uh, chosen for the electric utility director job. And so I was the first d director for the electric utilities in uh, Fort Meade. You know, I, I was thinking, again, hey, let's go there. I've got another 10 to 15 years. And we're going to cruise, not cruise, but maybe take it easy and, and, you know, ease into retirement. That was the furthest thing from, uh, from, from reality, as I soon <laughs> learned, okay? <laughs> so before you got into the utilities industry, well, you're, so you're in the utilities industry, you're, you're traveling 45 weeks or so out of the year, mm -hmm. and you were traveling not just across the United States, but you also had international assignments, Correct. Absolutely. You know, I've been, uh, I was uh, at one point in time, I was in charge of transmission development for all of North America for a Canadian company. So I would travel from Central America up to Northern Canada to uh, develop the large transmission lines. Um, I've been to Nigeria. I was in charge of the power transmission system over there. And I've been through to all 50 states in development of renewables, both solar and uh, wind. And then also doing uh, the risk assessment for nuclear power plant trim asset acquisitions as well. So this was sort of a step down 
And so when you consider, well, it was a step down because you were looking to simplify your life a little bit, right? So you took a big pay cut, I would imagine, right? You took some, about 75%, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to get some more work-life balance, as we talk about nowadays, yes, right? absolutely. Right? Yes. And you worked in Nigeria, and I know a little bit of the backstory in Fort Meade due to our pre-interview screening. Uh, which which one has the more ethical and less corrupt government, would you say? Fort Meade or... <laughs> Nigeria. Honest, I mean, Nigeria only took 30% of the, the, the revenues. So it, that may be the winner of the, these two. Um, <laughs> and Fort Meade is uh, a whole new story. <laughs> oh, man. I want to touch on this real quick as a little, little sidebar. So you did, you were a former military. You were in the, uh, you were the Navy, correct? You worked on a, you were on a submarine, I believe. Um, actually, uh, prior to jumping into a uh, utility uh, business, I was a uh, Russian linguist and rode fast attack submarines in the Cold War. And uh, so um, it was time to get out. I, I figured I, I was not able to get a family in that God job. So I went into utility business and have been doing electric utilities and investor owned utilities um, in, uh, all over the United States for probably the last 30 years prior to where I'm at now. So you, so you did speak Russian? Uh, it was fluent Russian, um, probably 30, 35 years ago. Okay. Right now it's very limited. <laughs> <laughs> did you go to the defense language Institute in uh, Monterey, California, or did you go somewhere else to learn Russian? Absolutely. DLI FLC is a wonderful one year party. That's what it was, right? One, one year immersion and you got it? One year immersion, yes. And, uh -huh. uh, you know, we lost a lot of people because they didn't pass the course. But, you know, if you're fortunate enough to get pa get through, then we, I had two more schools after that, uh, one in San Antonio and then one in uh, um, Hawaii. And then I was uh, sort of gone and doing my job for about, you know, several, several years after that. Well, my son, he's uh wants to be, I think on a fast attack submarine. Uh, he's, ah. uh, he's in naps right now, the Naval Academy prep school, and he's mm -hmm. uh, going to be there for this year. And then, uh, if all goes according to plan, he should be going to Annapolis, uh, for a few years to graduate from the Academy. And, uh, uh we'll see, he wants to be a submarine commander. I'm not sure where that's road's going to lead, but, uh, <laughs> that's his, uh, that's his dream scenario right now. So he's pretty excited about it. And you guys have that in common as far as the, uh, the submarine affiliations. It's, it's a pretty small community, right? Him. Oh, it is very small. Um, it, it's, uh, uh, it's hard to explain other than the fact that it's a whole new world. You've got to go through some pretty extensive testing just to uh, make sure that the, you can handle the uh, submarine life of, I guess my longest time was 86 days straight underwater. Not, not long, but compared to some, but it's still a long time three months. Yeah. Well, he doesn't want to be on, I think it's called the boomers, right? The boomers are the ones that actually have the nuclear warheads on them that are underwater for six months at a time or something like that. That's right. They have a, uh, uh, what is it? A red and blue or golden blue team or something like that. Switch off six months. I did fast attack as a, uh, what they call a rider. So, um, they'd send me somewhere. I would jump on the submarine. We'd go do our stuff. They'd drop me off and then they would go do their other things. Yeah, so, well, he, yeah, he's very, I'm very excited for him. He's he's kicking ass. I'm very proud of my son. He's a savage, good. and uh, he's been really doing really really well. So really eager to see where his life takes him. But on that note, back to uh, Fort Meade. So, yes. <laughs> so you get the Fort Meade, and you are the utilities director, and you start making quick work of that problem and start cleaning it up. I assume you're getting some progress, getting some results fairly quickly, and then mm -hmm. the city manager vacancy comes open. Correct. Yeah, actually, not just the city manager vacancy, actually. Um, it was uh, the city manager, the finance director, and HR director all at the same time. 
you know, I was thinking though, the best way that I could actually, because I was having difficulties under the previous city manager to fix the electric utility. I mean, I was banging my, I felt like I was banging my head against a brick wall. At one point in time, it was, it took me three weeks just to order electrical tape for the electric department. So Wait, what we did is. <laughs> seriously, yeah. three weeks oh, to get I'm, tape? Oh, absolutely. So what we did is just use the checkbook account and went and get to Ace Hardware and bought electrical tape there. Uh, because we were not allowed to get it. Uh, we actually had one point in time had to get quotes for three different quotes for a box of ballpoint pens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. That must have been, that must have blown your mind coming from the private sector where you used to get <laughs> things done right away. Right. And then you got to deal with <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it was mind boggling. It was like, are you serious? Um, but you know, Hey, <clears throat> I found out real quick that, uh, I was not the same level of authority like I was in an investor owned utility. You know, right. you really, truly are at the beck and call of the city manager. And they are, they are the CEO of a small company, basically, and they have the right to do anything, whatever they want. And so I found myself, it was a difficult situation, never been working in municipal government through my entire career. So it was a learning experience. When we lost the, the city manager, the finance director and HR director all at the same time, I said, well, you know what, I'm going to put my hat, you know, hat in the ring. Because this is the only way that I can fix the electric utility is to report to somebody that, you know, that I don't have to report to somebody that has no clue on how to work in an electric municipal. So we so we alluded to the dysfunction of Fort Meade earlier, obviously, in the intro. At this point in time, when you were the utilities director, before you became the city manager, did you get a sense of the dysfunction between the city manager and the governing <laughs> body? Or were you kind of, what, what prompted you to say, hey, I want to, I want to grab this bull by the horns and take on this this role in this environment or was that something that you weren't fully up to speed on ignorance <laughs> no um no <laughs> I, I i think part of it is no i i recognized that there was uh difficulties with the previous city manager and the commission okay, okay. and and but i bluntly have no i can honestly tell you i had no clue of the depth of the level of that. And I was thinking to myself, look, I've been in significantly, you know, stressful situations before and I've handled it in the past. So, you know what? I can handle this. Let and if I want to really truly fix the electric utility, which is my passion since right. being out of the Navy. It's 35 years of experience there, right? I w was adamant that the only way to do that was from the city manager position. I mean, just to give you an example, right? The previous city manager would not let me hire a lineman that gets up in a bucket truck, up in the, the, the lines for more than $22 an hour. When a local utility uh, in the near neighborhood is paying $50 an, an hour plus $150 a day per diem. You compare the two. Like We're not... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you can't get them to come. Right. So, so how do you do that? That's a challenge. Which is interesting because you also said earlier that the rates were some of the highest in the state, if not the <laughs> highest. Right. So you think you should be able to afford to get some decent, some decent help. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, I think what it is, is at one point in time, they were the highest in the, in the state. What's very interesting, by the way, right now, as we speak on this podcast now, they're the 10th lowest in the entire state of Florida. And, okay. but yet this, the, you know, the city of Fort Meade has an outage about maybe once every five months when hurricane Ian came through, we were fully recovered and online in four days. Whereas the previous storm, it took four weeks to come back online. 
So we've made significant improvements. And in the pre-interview, you were saying how you'd have the outages were a, a, almost a weekly occurrence, right? If not not weekly, nightly. Nightly. It, yeah, it was nightly. I mean, I would have the entire staff, which is not a great big staff. It's a small town, right? But we would have probably 40% overtime for the entire line crew. Wow. Every week. <laughs> So. so you so you become the city manager. We're going to fast forward a little bit here. So you become okay. the city manager in 2021, correct? Correct. April, late April, April 28th of 2021. Or call okay. it, you may as well call it May. And you punched out there, you punch out in September of 2023 officially. And things kind of came to a head in August of 2023 when your wife was getting verbally harassed at the grocery store or being out in public. Is that a, is that a fair synopsis of it? Actually, take it back. I if on a year prior to that, August 2022. Okay. Okay. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, of course, I, who knows? I, it's been a whirlwind here, by the way. Um, in all honesty, no, things started ramping up very shortly after I became city manager. And it got to the point where, I mean, it's not a big town. We do have a grocery store. We used to have a uh, pharmacy. We've got probably a few restaurants, but not much more than that. The downtown is probably 70% vacant. And it needs a lot of work. And the infrastructure in some areas has not been touched in 100 years. Okay. But, you know, in, in a pinch, hey, you come home, the grocery store, there's no, no traffic there. So it's easy to go down there. Hey, I'll be back in five minutes because it's two minutes there, two minutes back, one minute in the store, get your stuff, right? But when she was verbally assaulted in the store for being my uh, wife, um, that really set me back. And, and that at that point in time, I mean, she was very shaken up and that's not the first instance. I mean, we've had other instances of cars driving by honking at, you know, midnight yelling, you know, F U Jan as they drive by, we've had nine one one reports at two in the morning. They say the phone call is coming from the house. No, it's not. I've never called nine one one from the house. That's happened three times in two and a half years that I've lived here. I have never had that happen in 55 years before that. So <laughs> something's a little odd, right? And it, it's just a constant harassment of the city management or the city employees um, from a, and it's not a huge part of the, the community here. It's a small select few. The way I put it is in Fort Meade, five people can cause havoc. Whereas in a larger city, say three times our size, it might take 50 people. A right. larger city might take 500 people. It's hard to get 500 people to coalesce around an issue. It's real easy to get five. Right. And that's what's happening in small town America, at least in Fort Meade here. Okay. So before we get into your tenure there, can you unpack the dynamics of Fort Meade and kind of give the, set the stage for the audience so they get a better understanding of what Fort Meade is about and the lay, the, sure. lay, lay the land out for us? Yeah, I'll try to do that. And, and by all means, say, please steer me where, wherever you need me to go. Okay. Um, and, and this is a new thing for me, too. Again, you know, I, I grew up in small America. But then again, I, I didn't maybe I was ignorant to what it actually happens or maybe the new political environment. Um, I mean, it's accepted at the federal level to completely try and destroy people, state level, local level. I don't know. That is what's happening in Fort Meade now. It is it is the effort to destroy people okay not just their job but their livelihood and their future livelihood okay it is fully expected and accepted at a city commission meeting to yell at the city management that they're not getting things done 
And then the commission doesn't necessarily back up, you know, the city management team, meaning that the best example is a prior mayor, Mayor Sambarian, um, who is now going to be another commissioner soon. And we can get into that later, I'm sure. Um, at one commission meeting came up and was literally spewing lies about city management. Now the mayor at the time, and I, I actually supported the guy and he supported me instead of asking Sam Barian, Hey, have you talked to the city manager? Which of course he never had, right? Instead of saying that and putting him back and saying, take it up with the city management before you take it to the commission, he turned to me and said, city manager, can you look into that? I'm going, Oh no, I feel sort of on the spot. Like I'm not doing my job, right. even though he should have brought it to, it was, it's a, the old gotcha moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of accepted here now. Okay. Yeah. It's sort of expected. Unfortunately, um, there's a significant, what I'll call racial issue in Fort Meade. Okay. Um, the city is about 18 to 20% black, probably about 30 to 35% Hispanic. And f I want to say 45 to 50% white. Roughly, okay. give you a okay. plus or minus, right? And, and how big is Fort Meade for the for the audience? Um, we have about sixty-two hundred uh, um, residents. Okay? okay, it's five square miles. It's a small town. It literally is is very rural outside here. It's a it was a wonderful mining town, and in its heyday, back with the phosphate, probably thirty years ago. Okay, okay, if that gives you a little bit of context here, the closest town to us is the county seat. It's only ten miles away. So the, you know, a decent grocery store called Publix, um, which everybody knows in Florida is probably 15 minute drive. Great, great experience. Right. Um, but there's nothing really here in town. So that okay. gives you maybe an idea of Fort Meade. It would remind you of 19, probably 45 driving through a small town in middle America. You can sense and see how it was thriving at one point in time. It's not there now. It needs significant infrastructure work. How does the racial component come into play? You said there's a 15 to 20%, I guess, black population, 25, yep. 30% Hispanic population. We'll unpack that for us a little bit. Let's go to a little, I think you have to get into some of the history of the city, which I had to find out, you know, when, when I got here, I didn't know that ahead of time, but I think, and, and these dates may not be exact, but, you know, from speaking to people in the city, in 1977, somebody, uh, a guy named E.J. King moved into Fort Meade from New York City. My understanding is the NAACP moved him here on their dime. He has not necessarily worked since then other than to cause issues. He has filed two complaints, federal complaints and lawsuits against the city of Fort Meade for racism. Both those lawsuits have been settled to include building community centers for to settle one's lawsuit and then to take the entire um, election process and change that so all the seats previously were at large seats and now you have um districts right districts exactly yeah. you've got three yeah. districts and two at large so you have a commission of five okay and those and those are ostensibly created ideally uh, the, the rationale is to give the minority populations greater representation in the governing body because Absolutely. what you do is you have the districts that are spread out across the community and therefore Correct. you might have a re representation from either hispanic black or whatever different communities on the, on the governing body correct yep absolutely and you know and this is probably 30 40 years ago right yeah okay so. yep so, but this is, that's, that's the process now as well. Okay. So, so, you know, when I was hired at, there were uh, two black commissioners, um, there were three white commissioners and I was hired with a five to zero vote. So 
it feels good, but it also may be because everybody else, you know, sort of withdrew beforehand. So, you know, but <laughs> I know, so, but I'll still say it was five zero vote if that's okay. <laughs> well, it, it always, it's always feels good to start with a five zero vote, but I guess what you're saying is, uh, you didn't have a lot of competition for the job, right? Is that what you're basically implying? Well, I mean, there were 62 applicants, Okay. You know, which is decent for a small town of 60. Yeah, that's people, really good. Right? That's really good. Yeah. Um, and they did end up hiring, selecting me. Um, the, the finals were, um, were others out of area. Fort Meade's not an easy place to find a place to live. I mean, you, there's no rentals. At the time, there were probably three per, uh, homes for sale at the point in time. So the fact that I already lived here sort of helped. Um, but, so I, 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 let's unpack this then. I'm a little bit confused. If the racial component is a part of the story... But mm-hmm. yeah, you got you were supported on a unanimous vote uh, with two black council members, right? What's the mm-hmm. what's the what's the re- relevance of this whole issue of the racial component? I guess unpack that for me. Well, I, I think let's jump into week one or week two when I, as I, I took in to uh, become the city manager, I would say week two, and, and you know, well, first of all, let me before I get there, let me say week one, I was evaluating what the heck I was I jumped into. I had no idea. Okay, I knew the electric. I knew what I needed to do there. I didn't know the water, the sewer, the streets, the parks was basically in the same condition as the electric. I mean, every single thing is falling apart. Okay. We have sewer lines that are a hundred plus years old here in the city. Okay. They're collapsing. We had a sewer line going underneath the railroad tracks and we have the big, huge rocks from the railroad um, composite underneath They're They're in the sewer system. Okay. These are granite rocks that they use to support the, the trains. So we have big issues. If that collapses completely entirely, you know, the, the costs are going to go through the roof. So we had a lot to solve real quick. So that's week one. Week okay. two, though, is, I mean, I met with all the commissioners individually. Uh, and, and one of the commissioners, the, the uh, commissioner, Patrina McCutcheon, her spouse, Lorenzo McCutcheon, right, came into City Hall, was sort of saying that, hey, I want to pray with you. I want to help you. I want to, you know, make sure that things are going right in, in your job. And, you know, we're very happy you're here, but just to let you know, it was not a five zero vote. It was three to two. Oh, <laughs> okay. And this is week two. Okay. I'm saying, okay. okay, what did I ro- do wrong? Right. Okay. This, this is a, this is a doozy of a conversation. So, uh, <laughs> wow, it, it, he wants to pray with you. And yeah. he also wants to inform you that it wasn't a 5-0 vote. It was really a 3-2 vote, but publicly it was a 5-0 vote. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> so Okay. <laughs> I know. And of course, had I known, I mean, now I'm already in the position. I'd accepted the position. I've agreed to a contract. I'm going to work through it. Um, and uh, the... Uh, we were in the process of try- having to, as I've stated before, I had to hire an HR director, finance director, electric director and an assistant city manager. Okay. Okay. So he was trying to influence me to hire certain people for the HR director position who were not clearly, clearly not qualified. Okay. And I mean, I would see, I actually received um, resumes from him handed to me hand to hand. Right. Look so this is a like commissioner's husband, a commissioner's that husband is, is coming in and saying, Hey, I would like you to look at these people for this yep. HR director vacancy. Absolutely. And it just so happened to be one of the people, uh, well, uh, he was hanging out at the community center for six to eight hours a day with this individual. Okay. Behind locked doors. But I don't know what happened behind locked doors. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And uh, let me, let me ask this question. Maybe it's a fair of Are any of these candidates that um, Mr. McCutcheon's lobbying for, are they white candidates? 
None. None. Okay. No, none right. of them were. So okay. Uh, but now, now, well, so two weeks later, I mean, I ended did end up hiring an HR director. Okay, phenomenal lady. I mean, absolutely amazing. Right. Um, this is just after COVID, so we're sort of. She had actually been laid off through COVID because they closed down her business that she was in. We brought her on board, and she was looking to get back into the workforce. And then, you know, I was interviewing her, of course, answering three phones at the time for both finance director, electric director, and city manager at the same time. And during in the middle of the interview, but um, she accepted the job, which is probably not smart, but that's beside the point. And phenomenal. Well, her first task that she had to handle is the human resources director was the very, her first week, we had three complaints from employees that Lorenzo McCutcheon was sexually harassing city employees. Sexually harassing? Okay, okay, hold on. So, so the, the HR director's first job, mm-hmm. the one that you hired a, against mm-hmm. the wishes of Mr. A McCutcheon. commissioner's spouse. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. has to investigate his <laughs> alleged sexual harassment of city employees. Yes, exactly. How How is a commissioner's husband or spouse able to sexually harass staff? I'm a little bit confused on that. Walk, walk us through the allegation. Uh, I mean, he would invite them to a local cemetery out of town to, to go check out a, a, quote, headstone. Or he would say, hey, let me give you a ride over here. Or, I mean... There, these were uh, verified complaints from city employees to the new HR director that Mr. McCutcheon was making making sexual advances towards them. He had offered to rent them apartments in neighboring cities. He made offers to them to pick them up and, and give them favors or make sure that city management would treat them favorably because he had the ability to do that as he was married to a commissioner who happened to be my boss. And how would he be able to afford to provide these favors to these individuals? So what's the, is he, what does he do for a living? <laughs> Good question. Um, I would state that he cuts grass. Okay. That's his business is he's a landscaper in a small okay. town, but he he's also a pastor of a local church. Okay. And his son is a hall of potential hall of fame baseball player, probably in my personal opinion, first ballot. Cause the guy is phenomenal. His You're son. talking about Andrew, talking about Andrew McCutcheon. That is correct. Yes. Andrew okay. McCutcheon, phenomenal baseball player for, you know, drafted by Pittsburgh, you know, Fort Meade won the state championship when he was here. It's named Andrew McCutcheon Field. That is his father and his mother. Wow. Okay. So what is the, I'm curious, what is, what is Commissioner McCutcheon, Petrina, what's her response when she finds out that there's an HR investigation into her <laughs> husband? Well, I, I, I clearly, you know, I'm brand new. Okay. Uh-huh. I've never been in municipal government before. I'm sitting there going, holy shit, what did I get into here? Right. Excuse right. my language, but I'm sitting there going, how do I solve this? I don't want this to blow up, but I want to control it. So I said, okay, the best way for me to do this, I am going to call each individual commissioner. So, cause I can't speak to them all at the same time due to sunshine, Florida sunshine law. So I called each individual commissioner, told them the specifics of what was happening and stated that if Mr. McCutcheon does anything in the future, I will trespass him from all city properties and he will not be allowed to do, you know, interact with city employees or including me. Okay. These are one-on-one conversations or telephone conversations. How telephone, 
telephone okay. conversations because it was, in my opinion, it was that important that I had to get that out. So, yeah. and, and honestly, I even called uh, Patrina McCutcheon and told her and called her on the phone and said, hey, I am calling you to tell you what's going on, not because you're a spouse, but because you're a commissioner. And I'm telling everybody the same story. Okay. This is what happened. I explained it. She actually offered to resign because I guess he wasn't on his medication at the time. And I said, no, no, stay. I get along with you. I can work with anybody. We can work through this, but just stop him from interacting with city employees, period. Okay. That's it. Okay. okay. And you know, I was hoping that would work and it, it, it didn't entirely. I mean, it stopped the sexual harassment, but it didn't stop the threats because he actually started, he came to city hall and was poking me in the chest. <laughs> you know, when he was going to push me out of town, run me out of town. He was poking you in the chest. What do you mean? He he made physical contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and there were witnesses to include three female witnesses in City Hall that saw that. And I said, you need to leave City Hall now or, you know, you will be trespassed. And maybe I should have pressed charges. You know, again, I was probably naive, wanting to make sure that things worked in the city. But he did leave. I mean, he raised his voice um, and stating that, you know, throwing threats that, hey, now that I'm city manager doesn't mean I'm God and doesn't mean I can do anything I want. I said, I've never said that was the case, even though I was being accused of saying that I'm the most powerful person in the city and I can do anything I want. That's what he's saying. I'm sitting there going, where the hell are you coming off at? So, wow. So where did, where did the, where did his anger and the poke come from, from the sexual harassment complaints or the fact that you hired the <laughs> HR director that he didn't like, or in the HR director you hired that he didn't like is actually prosecuting the sexual harassment allegations. What, what was the, was it all of that? I think at the time I didn't have an idea where it came from. I think now that, it, you know, I'm gone and, and I've been able to you know have retrospective, you know, dis, you know, thoughts about it. I think that truly it's because I'm not black period. Really? That is, I do believe that is the case in this city. It's sad, but it, I do believe that's the case. And what have you learned since then? Maybe we're getting ahead of the story here, but what have you learned since then? <laughs> that gives you more of that. Like if you can maybe, maybe give us a little bit of a foreshadowing here, I guess. I guess give you a quick foreshadow because this is going to take more than one, one discussion. It appears because I can probably, you know, discuss this for five, six, seven, eight hours, right. Of the, the issues I, I and, you know, encountered in Fort city of Fort Meade. Let me start by saying that the previous city manager lasted two years only and was run out of town by Sam Berrien. Okay. He would castigate her publicly in a commission meeting until the point she was crying and had tears in public meetings and ran out. The city manager before that, Fred Hilliard, did nothing for 11 years. I mean, zero. I mean, the city employees, he had a 40% turnover rate would yell at people that the only good thing about today is that you're not getting a pink slip, right? The, the employees despise that guy. Okay. Did nothing. He, every year would come up. He wouldn't ask for a pay raise. He'd ask for more time off. Okay. So what I learned, I mean, the thing is, is you don't know what you're getting into until you get into it sometimes. Okay? Right. That's true. Yep. And even though I was sort of embedded in it as the electric director, I had no clue as the city manager, right? They, they ran off the previous city manager. Okay. They accepted the city manager before that because he didn't do anything. They didn't accept me because I was changing things and fixing things. And it was a whole different way of doing things. Right. I mean, I am somebody to get, you know, I, I the future that, that we have to talk about is is the racial issue and how it actually escalated from what we're talking about now until where it is today, okay? Today's commission now 
which is going to be seated in January, is going to be a three to two black to white commission. Yeah, because they had the they had the election in November, right? They did. Yep. Okay. And what have you heard on that front since uh, I guess the election? <laughs> um, well, they they actually this is rumor. Okay, I'm not involved completely anymore. So, but I still have decent connections. They decided to hire a gentleman from Minnesota, I think to be cut down, come down here and become city manager. They had 22 applicants for city manager. Of the 22, they fi- made a final decision between two of them, interviewed them and brought them down. And then they chose uh, Mr. Oman from uh, Minnesota. Since then, my understanding is they cannot contact him. He has not returned phone calls in two weeks since November 29th when they made the decision. They were going to be bringing up or trying to figure out his contract at the next commission meeting, which is December 12th, two days from our discussion right now, it's not on the agenda. They're not going to be discussing his uh, his contract. Um, my understanding is they've also made a special meeting for December 21st to try and finalize it. Okay. I would imagine they probably have to contact him before they can finalize it. So I'm not sure where that's going to be. Rumors around town, because I'm still in town, we haven't moved yet, but we will be. Okay is that uh, Mr. Sam Baring has accessed him and told him don't follow through because you're not going to last. Also, Jarrett Williams, one of the new commissioners who is replacing a 25-year commissioner, um, has publicly stated that he will be raising a motion to fire the new city manager at his first motion in January. So it's turmoil here right now. And, And I guess the biggest difficulty here and he, is, this, and, and you're saying he, you're saying he's raising a motion to terminate because he, he, yeah, he was not part of the decision to hire the 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 next city manager as an incoming commissioner. Okay, and he wants to be part of that process. That's correct. Now it's all hearsay because that's just what the news I'm getting being on the outside now too. Right, right. But a lot of that tends to be true here. <laughs> and and when it comes to Jarrett uh, Williams. Mm-hmm. He's looking for a black city manager. Is that the word on the street? It's definitely the word on the street, but not only that, uh, Jarrett Williams, and we can get into this much more detail. The only time Jarrett Williams is not lying is when his mouth is not moving. Okay. He is black. He is from Fort Meade. He went out to California, made his fortune, which is fine and good. Uh, He's very talented with music, uh, but he is the, the most devious person I've ever dealt with in my entire life. Hmm. Mm, okay. And wow. he is an upcoming commissioner. He will He's be a... seated in January. Okay. So go circling back now to kind of get to a little more context to it. So the sexual harassment investigation is launched into the actions of Lorenzo McCutcheon, right? Correct. And you also had a, I believe, a, a safety door installed in order to keep <laughs> him out of the facility. Is that is that correct? That is correct. We had a, uh, it, it used to be easy. You could walk into city hall. Walk, I mean, if, if, I mean, as you're probably aware, Joe, if you're a city manager, you're out and about all the time. You're talking with people. I mean, it, it doesn't mean you're sitting in your office. There's a lot of office work, but to do the job properly, you have to be out there. You have to be talking to businesses. You have to be talking to investors. You've got to be in, you know, checking up on projects, whether it's, you know, sewer projects, electric, anything, right? So you could walk in city hall and I could walk back into my office and find three people just sitting and they're waiting for me. And I'm going, wait a minute here. You know, I've got other things on my calendar. Sorry, but I, I, you know, can you please leave? So what we did because of that, as a precaution, we said, look, the second floor of city hall is also nothing but, but females other than me. I said, look, for protective purposes, 
we need a security door. So we installed that. I was actually told after that, that by not just McCutcheon, Mr. McCutcheon, excuse me, Lorenzo McCutcheon, but also other um, residents who didn't like that, that the last city manager that installed that was run out of town. I'm like, oh, well, why is that? I mean, we need to do our work. So we, I mean, we can't have, you know, everybody coming into the city manager's office all the time about minor issues. But so, you know, I was threatened actually after installing a security door. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Good times in uh, Fort Meade. So yes. is there anything to report on the sexual harassment uh, investigation? Were there, I mean, was that, were there substantiations of that or having I mean, what's, how, can we put a bow on that part of the story or where is that? Yes. Um, there was a complete investigation internally and never made it to the sheriff's office because the sheriff's does the office does the police work for the city of Fort Meade. Okay. Um, because, um, it would have to have been a complaint specifically from those being harassed to the police department or sheriff's office to push press charges. Okay. And, and nobody um, wanted to do that, right? No, because they were, they were scared. Truthfully, I mean, they saw I was brand new. I was here, not in, I mean, I was in the job four weeks. They didn't know I was going to survive. Okay. They knew it was a commissioner's spouse that was sexually harassing them. They would continually say, I'm not going to say anything, but yet they would complain to HR. HR, of course, has an obligation to come to me and say, Hey, so then I have an obligation. If you have, if you know something's going on, you can't not protect the employees, period. Yeah. You right. have, I mean, the employees come number one. Yeah. Um, I guess one, of my major accomplishments in Fort Meade was taking the turnover rate from 40 plus percent down to less than 22% in two and a half years, which is a big deal. That is a big Turnover deal. is extremely expensive, right? You lose expertise. Uh, you have the training, the onboard costs, everything. We were able to reduce the, uh, and that's because the employees believed in the management, believed that we had their back and knew that I was going to stick up for them. And I did it in public as well as private. You stick up for the employees and it worked. So here you are in the first month, first couple of weeks in the first month or so you're dealing with this issue, right? With uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. sexual harassment and uh, related issues on uh, with Mr. McCutcheon. And then you fast forward and you have a, uh, to roughly month two of, on the job, you get approval to hire an assistant city manager. Is this somehow to... <laughs> Uh, because you're doing, are you still doing the dual function of the utility management or director and combined with the city manager function? Yeah, actually not just the dual function. I call it the triple function or whatever, right? I mean, I was able to get HR pushed off and, and to a very competent individual, but I mean, we, we lost the finance director at the same time as okay. the, you know, the city manager and uh, HR director. So I was still over finance. We were just getting into budget process for, for Florida, right? Okay. Our budget fiscal year is from October 1st back to September 30th. Okay. But if you don't start in May, you're way behind the ball. Absolutely. You better yep. get that thing done. Right. And that's when I started. Right. <laughs> and so they had interim prior to that and nothing was done. So a lot of the previous year, we just carried over into finance because you know, it, it can't, that can work. Right. But it doesn't right. mean you have a good feel for the budget. Sure. Um, the focus for the electric, what I was able to figure out is I said, okay, let me at least hire the right people that know how to fix the physical system. And we're going to dismiss the admin side of an electric utility director at this point in time. Okay. And so we are able to, you know, fix the electric system. Right. So no, I found a need that as I'm going through all the departments and doing an assessment, the city needs money. I mean, they're, they're, 
you know, general fund was probably six and a half million dollars, but yet we've got multiple accounts that are underfunded, under maintained. A, a good example of that may be the water tower. I mean, you're supposed to update that, inspect it every year, but also have maintained that. And it hadn't been maintained in 14 years, even though you have a seven year cycle on that. I mean, that's just an example. So was um, the water utility not collecting enough revenue to cover its own expenses and just being totally mismanaged or what, what, what was going on, on that front? The water, the sewer um, were both. We had a state investigation prior to my employment that stated if we didn't raise the water rates 50% in two years, that they would cut off all potential for future grants because it's not self-sustaining. So we had to raise the rates 50% in two years, um, 50% for water and 25% for sewer. Okay. You know, the electric fund, what's well, it's high cost, but yet they didn't put back into the system when you have poles falling down. I mean, the, the, they would have a $5 million budget for the, the electric utility, but yet they would have a 6 to $7 million reserve fund because they didn't put any money back into it. That's why the okay. things are falling apart, right? It's like truly drinking from the Niagara Falls, okay, where... Everything is falling apart. You have 100-year-old sewer system. You have a water system where the you know the door on the water tower is left open for years, and they don't even know what got in there. Okay, when Ugh. they try to refinish the water tower, it, it doesn't just strip off the the paint. It gets it just starts stripping out the metal because it, there's rust on it. You know you don't want the water tower coming down. The pumps for the water system were from 1950. We ordered new pumps and it took two and a half years to get here because we couldn't actually take the water system, the water tower out of service because the new offline, the yeah. old, yeah, the old pumps couldn't actually manage the water pressure on the system properly. We'd have burst pipes all over the city. <laughs> okay. So, so the question is, which, what hand grenade are you going to drop? You're juggling hand grenades. Which one are you going to drop? And uh, and I don't think residents realize that. So you go about hiring an assistant city manager to help take off the load and and help get the city back online on mm -hmm. good footing. What happens then? And they're in that process. Do you experience the same sort of pressure you're getting with the HR director position? Uh, actually, worse. <laughs> okay. Um, the main goal for the assistant city manager was to bring in somebody who had experience with grants. The city needed money. Uh, I guess I was trying to explain why the city needed money in the previous example, right? right? Um, and I'll say in two and a half years, between the assistant city manager, Maria Sutherland, and myself, we, I mean, we don't have the resources to hire out consultants, okay? We don't have the resources to hire a, a grant writer, okay? Between the two of us, we in, uh, were able to, you know, procure in excess of $36 million in grants in less than two years. That's, some, that's, that's unbelievable. On a $6 million, you know, general fund budget. That's massive. Where the previous largest grant for the city was $50,000 in one year. So basically I did 72 years of work in one year or two years, right? That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And you would think but, that would get you praise and uh, in accolades. <laughs> Well, not, not, well not it did from some people, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but so, so that was the goal. Okay. Now that tells you why I hired Maria. Okay. Right. But when I was going through the process of interviewing, right, the mayor at the time, Sam Varian stated that he wanted me to hire this guy, the local guy from Bartow, uh, who happened to be black. And I said, well, okay, I'll look at his resume. I'll tell him the opening's coming up. He says, well, go have lunch with him. I go, well, wait a minute. He applied for the position. I can't go have lunch with him and not everybody else. He says, no, you can do it. I go, okay. So I did. 
again, maybe I'm ignorant of municipal work, and I am. I mean, I've been a you know. Well, you're also having your mayor. Your mayor's also giving you some pressure. It's tough to it's tough to walk that fine line, right? I mean, like well, you know. And the pressure at times, and, and you can ask my wife, I mean, he would call me at 10 o'clock at night and he'd be yelling at me at, for two hours. <laughs> okay. I'd be on the phone until midnight on during a work day oh, from one issue or another. Uh, a big one was this to hire the, the assistant city manager. Well, this guy, unfortunately, in his current municipal job, he was known as the disappearing director because he never showed up for work. The reason he <laughs> never showed up for work was because he filed a sec- a a racial harassment lawsuit against his current employer. And they said, that's fine. You just stay home and work and we're, we're cool. We'll, we'll settle the lawsuit that way. Now the guy got up and moved and now he's in Tallahassee. <laughs> but oh man. Guy, so did you, so did you give yeah. him that nickname the disappearing director or did you hear that from other people? Other people. I did the research on him. I talked to people who knew him. I mean, I talked to, this is from a town, you know, 10 miles away. I talked to people I know in the town and said, hey, what about this guy? They go, Oh my God, you don't want to hire him. Did he, seem to, what, did, did he seem to have the qualification? Was he seem on paper qualified for the position or? He had the intelligence of the doorknob behind you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on a good day. So, so you go, so you go and hire somebody else. So now you're over two. This is like two well, strikes. And the, the person I hired, by the way, had 21 years of municipal experience, including previous being a previous uh, interim city manager and had experience with grants and is also extremely experienced with FS-119, which you'll get to learn soon, okay, as well as other Florida state statues related to municipals. I'm going, you know what I'm lacking was that, because I've always been in private private enterprise, private business, right? I said, what better than to have somebody with the experience that I don't have so we can make a good team? Yeah. I hired her hand over fist uh, over this other individual. And when you say FS one nineteen, that's Florida State Statute one nineteen, which handles we're referring to public records and transparency yep. laws and so forth and so on, right? For the Absolutely. for those for those at, uh, at home paying attention. <laughs> so, so what is the immediate fallout of you hiring this individual who is not the mayor's choice? So now you've pissed off uh, Lorenzo McCutcheon. <laughs> And presumably, Which is Patrina, McCutcheon, yes. Yeah, and presumably, <laughs> presumably Patrina McCutcheon, because you did uh-huh. not hire the HR director uh, that yep. they desired, and now you have the mayor uh, who's pissed off that you didn't hire yep. his friend or whatever you want to call him. I don't even know yeah. what the relationship is. When I when I announced the hiring of the assistant city manager, if his gaze could have drilled a hole, it would have gone right straight through my forehead and out the back. Okay, um, it was pure hate. Is what it was, okay, uh, and that led into the very next commission meeting after I introduced the assistant city manager. Right, there's this guy named EJ King who moved to. Yeah, you know, I think I touched on this yeah, earlier. We, yeah, we alluded to him yeah. earlier. The NAACP right. activist, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. NAACP activists brought in written complaints about the assistant city manager being racist and hiding stuff in her previous position. Uh, and it, and then also blaming me of getting loans from a local, I guess, loan shark slash businessman and what favors I am providing him. He put those documents into the public record, typed up and said, gave it to the city clerk and said, here, please put this in the public record. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, uh, I mean, okay, I had an 813 credit rating at the time. I don't need a loan from a local you know, loan shark at 20 plus percent interest and I'm not going to get favors. It came out in the paper. He avoided the um, title I'm, of. The, I'm, I'm sorry. Hold on, Shan. I, I'm, did I shot you on my, this one? 
Well, I've had my mouth open for like the last 30 seconds. So you're saying <laughs> this activist accused the city manager of a, of taking uh, loans from a private loan shark? Yes. Where In does this a public meeting. Where does this come from? What's this based on? I don't on? know. Just, no barely, just out of nowhere. Absolutely. Okay. So, <laughs> so, you know, Lorenzo McCutcheon, he comes to you and says that it was really a 3-2 vote. Presumably his wife, Petrina... And I'm assuming Sam Barry and the two black council members uh-huh. or commissioner members did not support you being the Correct. city manager. That's the, that's the implication. Yep. What kind of interaction are you having with your other three commissioners and are you getting support from them on what you're doing? I mean, you, you we're still only talking about you being two months Week, into the job. Four? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. kind of feedback are you getting from your council, the other council members, as far as your job performance? Hang in there. You're doing good. Okay. Okay. It was, they, they knew it was going to come. They, they absolutely, the other three knew it was happening. It was going to happen. They knew it was going to, I think happen when I was hired because it happened to the previous city manager too. Okay. Okay. It's going to happen to the next one too, by the way. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be worse though now, because now it's going to be Jarrett Williams on the commission as well as Sam Berrien and Petrina McCutcheon. Jarrett Williams has also already made statements that he's going to fight, make a motion to fire the next city manager on his first meeting in January, who they haven't even hired yet. Okay. Well, that's the, that's the crappy part about Florida is, you know, all you got to do is pay five months of severance if you, know, if, they, if you have a that's contract. It. That's the max you can get, right? It's 20 weeks. That is. So that's there's not right. a lot of skin in the game for governing nope. bodies to fire their executives when they hire them. Yeah. I mean, think of it this way. Whoever comes here, let's say it's, it's Mr. Amon, you know. Um, he comes down here from Minnesota. I'm sure it's not, a, it's probably, I don't know, twenty thirty thousand dollars $30,000 to move down here. Closing costs, everything else. Yeah. Right. Um, let's it's say at least, he's on at the least job. that. Yeah. yeah. So he's on the job for one month and he gets fired, which they can do here. Okay. A three to two vote, a simple three to two vote. And they can say without cause, I don't care. You know what? You're ugly and we're, we're firing you. And you know what? That, that works in Florida. And then he gets five months severance and that's not even going to pay the cost for him to move down here. So you, so you, yeah. And we've talked, I've talked, you know, you know, I've talked about this a long time as far as I'm on <laughs> yes. and in the podcast, as far as having a contract where you protect yourself and minimize the risk, but it's mm-hmm. one thing entirely to walk into a job where the the word on the street is, is that basically as soon as you get here, you're going to get fired, right? You're no fault of <laughs> yep. your own, right? Yeah, because exactly. Of the, because of the political shenanigans of uh, Fort Meade. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I never shared this with you, but I'll share it with you now. Um, mm-hmm. Back around the time that you became the Fort Meade city manager, I was actually looking at applying for the position because I was looking in Florida pretty hard. Wow. <laughs> as a, a good, I never ended up applying for it, but I was looking at uh, Florida pretty hard. At least I don't think I applied for it. And I was interested in co- being considered for it because I was, mm-hmm. like I said, looking at Florida. So I've always kind of followed Fort Meade a little bit from afar just because of <laughs> that, that vague connection or you know that, 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 that tangential connection. Yep. And if I remember searching correctly uh, and put you on the spot a little bit, you're not making a lot of money as a city manager in Fort Meade. I mean, I think it was like a 125 or something like that with the pay. What, what, what were they paying you when you became the city manager? 95. Oh my God, 95 was lower than I was even thinking. Oh I yeah, 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 yeah. So let's put it this way. I mean, I was told that they wanted to hire me at 79. Okay. For this job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I said, not a chance in hell. Okay. I already took a 75% pay cut. I was making 350 plus plus at my yeah. previous investor owned utility. I mean, right. You know, we came here to a small town. We thought we were going to coast. I did ask serious. We were going to coast into retirement. Yeah. Oh my God. The farthest thing from the truth. So I got a three-year contract. It went 95, 100, 105. That was it. Okay. 
So I actually tried to get a contract extension with a super majority to for the firing because to protect myself a little bit from right, a three right. to two vote and say, Absolutely. hey, make it a four to one vote, right? And yeah. I actually had the votes for it. But the political situation, this is probably for a future conversation, but the political pressure at the time was not to put that forward. So when I actually left employment of the city of Fort Meade, I was making 105. Wow. Yeah. To deal with all this nonsense. Well, and this is what we're talking about is truly just the tip of the iceberg. It gets a lot worse. When I know we're, we're almost an hour into this whole thing <laughs> and we're only, we're only on month four or whatever. That's how crazy this is, Jan. I mean, well, let's put it this way. Well, maybe I'll just leave a leader for the next time. Cause I think we, I don't want to make this, you know, a freaking you know, the book of Job or anything. Uh, but I want to make it, um, the local politicians got involved. The state representative for the state of Florida was involved. County commissioners got involved. City commissioners got involved. County managers got involved. The little town of Fort Meade is an absolute quagmire. It, it, it gets a lot worse than what we've talked about right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, this is This conversation may need some more depth and detail, but we've got all the backup for all of this. Um, and it was really funny, Joe. It got to the point in a commission meeting I stated, I stood up in the commission meeting, said, here is the Florida statute application to file for an ethics complaint. Please pass this out to the audience. If anybody has an issue, file a complaint against me. Okay. I'm sick and tired of hearing of your shit. Okay. Yeah. I said, here's the link. Just do that. Fill it out. Nothing was ever filed in two and a half years. Not one thing. And you know why? Because if you file an ethics complaint in Florida, if it's deemed to be done with malicious intent, okay, the accused has repercussions. You mean they can go after you, essentially? Absolutely. I mean, if somebody files something maliciously against me to impact my well-being as a person, as a city manager, right? And it's proven that it was done under malicious intent. I can go back and sue them for the damages. Interesting. Okay. And now the interesting thing is when we get to the next phase, one of the upcoming commissioners, Jarrett Williams, made a public statement that, quote, I will destroy Jan. And when did he make this statement? Uh, probably a year and a half ago. Okay. It was, had, he <laughs> announced, had he already announced that he was going to run for office at that point? No, or, this or is way you... before that. Absolutely okay. way before that. So, and it's because every turn he tried up until that point, he was losing the battle in a court in a court fight. He lost. Okay. We actually went to court against him already once. Okay. I haven't documented that yet in our, our notes, but he also lost in the court of public opinion, but then he was spewing again, lies against Bob Elliott and he ended up beating Bob Elliott in the election. And so that was his coup de grace was to become a commissioner because his goal was the only way he's going to beat me is to become a commissioner. But I resigned before he became one. And Bob Elliott was on the commission for about 25 years and was one of your supporters, correct? Absolutely. And, 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 it, a, and, and a businessman of a local Chevrolet dealership and, and he understands business and he understand, understands city business too. Well, Hey Jan, we're an hour in, we're probably going to wrap up this <laughs> one for a uh, part one of this podcast episode. <laughs> So uh, we only made it into month four of your tenure. Oh, goodness. Uh, I apologize. But I think we've set the groundwork for uh, some additional conversation. 
you know, this episode is going to come out on, I think the 13th, Wednesday, the 13th of uh, okay. December. I don't know what's going to happen with the current city manager search for the city of Fort Meade. And I guess I'll, you can answer this question, how you see fit. What would be your advice to anyone considering working for Fort Meade as their next city manager? Uh, good question. Um, if they want to accept the job and do my house is for sale and they can buy that. Um, <laughs> um, and number two, my second round of advice is don't do it. <laughs> I've seen you're selling at a discount, maybe even to get out of there, right? <laughs> it's, it's the second nicest house in town. I'll just say that. <laughs> Well, hey, Jan, um, what a fascinating story. Uh, you know, we talked about it. I'm, I, we're laughing now, but I'm also a little bit disappointed because as you alluded to, this is your first city manager experience. And yes. this is a one and done type situation for you where done. you're so scarred and traumatized by this experience that you have zero desire to be a city manager again, correct? Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, uh, um, I am now where people cannot touch me, so so to speak. I'm back in the electric utility industry. I, I work remotely. I got a 50% raise instantaneously nice. um, to do that. And no, I don't have people yelling and screaming and, and, and you know, threatening my wife. So, but you, um, but you still do have people harassing you around town at the moment, don't you? Correct. <laughs> yes, we do. So, um, the the night of the election when Mr. Uh, Williams won the uh, the election, and I happened to be not in town because I was traveling for business, and even though I work out of the house, it, it was announced that he won. There were twenty cars driving by our house at about two miles an hour, yelling and screaming, honking horns, flashing lights, and saying "F you, Jan." Wow. Uh, and my wife and, and my wife at 10 o'clock at night is going, getting scared in the house by herself. We've had somebody park in the empty lot across our street from the street from our house and leave the lights on our front of shining on the front of our house for 20 minutes until I walk out the front door and then they take off. We've had notes in our email, our mailbox saying, please let us know when you put your house for sale so we know you're leaving. Yeah. Um, I had a phone call that stated that if you don't leave the city of Fort Meade, it won't end well for you. Um that is just part of it. Um, yeah. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, sad. hey, Jan, it is sad. It's very sad. And uh, uh, what you're experiencing in Fort Meade, while it tends to be a little bit more on the more extreme side of the, uh, <laughs> the, the continuum, it's yeah. definitely becoming more and more common to see instances like this on that, on that yeah. sort of uh, that, that, that area of the continuum, right? Because things are getting a little bit more raucous yeah. and a little bit more volatile and a little bit more scary on a, on, a, on a monthly basis in this profession. I think the problem is, is it seems to be accepted at the na national level, right? Um, so then it gets down to the state level. Well, then it gets down to the, the local level. It seems to be accepted that you can try to destroy somebody that may be doing the best they can with given the resources they have. And it's a sad day when that happens. Yeah. Um, it was a sobering experience for me. Yes. Unfortunately, I will probably never work for utility again. I'm not utility, excuse me, a, a municipal again. I truly would probably um, go be a greeter at Walmart beforehand. I hear well. <laughs> <laughs> with inflation, they're making closer to 79,000 than uh, <laughs> there you go. It's a raise over Fort Meade. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well hey jan yeah. i appreciate your time uh we'll we'll continue this in a, a future episode and uh, thank you very much for being on the program i am joe turner this is the city manager unfiltered podcast a podcast for city managers and other 
public sector executives. If you really like what uh, I'm doing here with the show, please support it. Please follow. Please subscribe. Please hit the uh, rate and review button on your platform of choice because I do appreciate your support. And uh, I'd like to thank Jan and other city managers who have been on the show in the past for sharing their personal stories because obviously it's a very difficult thing and it takes a lot of courage to do so. So until next time, catch you in part two. Thank you.